Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, I am so excited to say we're going in a part number five of the series entitled The Atmosphere of Miracles. And today's subtitle is Stay in Love. This is such an important message for every born-again believer. Jesus said that there is one sure way that the world will know, all men will know, that you belong to Him, that you are His disciples, that you are His followers. There's one sure way. And I can't wait to reveal it to you today on today's broadcast. I'm just going to hold it. Mm, I'm not even going to say it. I want you to hear it in today's broadcast. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can hear today's message and a whole lot more right there on the website. And don't forget as well to become my friend on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you would like, you can follow us on Twitter. We'd love to have you there. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Stay in Love, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. You guys ready to pray with me today? It's so good seeing all of you today. Uh, So good seeing all of our friends, our, our guests, our neighbors. Thank you so much for coming. You passed a lot of good churches to get here today. And we thank God that you found another good church. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know that God has a word for you today. And you're not here by accident, nor are you here by coincidence. The Lord does have a word for you. And I want to greet our online community by saying praise the Lord. Lord. Uh, Kingdom Rock, let's greet our online community by saying hi, y'all. Oh, it's so glad. We're so glad that you decided to join us here today, wherever you are watching us all around the world. We're so grateful that you decided to come here. And if you are watching us from only 10 miles away, get out of bed and come on over here. <laughs> Live is, uh, is so much better for you to be in the building. So we thank, but we thank you for watching today. All right. Um, ready to pray? All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name for this day and for the things that you have done for us. And we can't thank you enough. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit, who's right now in this room, who is with us. We acknowledge your presence. Lord, you said where two or three were to gather together in your name, you said that you would be in the midst of them. So, Lord, we thank you that you are here. Lord, we come not to hear a man. We come not for a church service. We come for you. We come for a divine encounter with you. Lord, we pray that you would have your way in us and through us. Now teach us, we ask, that we may grow thereby. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, as you know, we're still in the series. We're still in the series entitled, anybody? That's right. The Atmosphere of Miracles. Still in the same series. And today we're going to be going into part five of that series. Believe it or not, this is part number five of that same series. And we're going to subtitle this message today. Stay in love. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, stay in love. love. Those of you that are talking to your spouse, you better say it with some passion. (laughs) Stay in love. (laughs) 
stay in love. The last time we spoke, we really ended it a few months, a few weeks ago, possibly about the healing touch of Jesus and how the Lord uh, would give you power and authority to heal just by the touch. Just by the touch. We are here to uh, to walk in the Lord's footsteps, to be examples. Now, I want to show you just a few other scriptures before we go uh, on today. And Luke, you can just listen to this. Luke, uh, the sixth chapter, verse 19. This is what it says. It says, and the whole multitude sought to touch him that is sought to touch Jesus. For there went virtue out of him and healed them all. Listen to that same verse out of the NIV. Love this. It says, and all the people, or rather, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Power was coming from Jesus. Power was coming from him. Well, somebody said, well, you know, that's Jesus. You know, we can't possibly expect to have that same testimony. The devil is a liar. Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. Remember, Jesus is our example. He's our example. And I have already had many encounters with the Spirit of God, and many people, uh, the Lord has used me to um, uh, have encounters, and he's used me to, uh, to lay hands on people, and they have been healed and recovered. So I know it is truth. And this is not just because I'm a preacher. Uh, this is true because I have yielded myself to God. And this is what I am compelling you uh, to do as well, because they need the world needs the healing touch of the Lord. Amen. All right. Now, let me also give you um, one other scripture. And we're going to you're going to hear this again and again. But Mark uh, 16, verse 18, it says this. This is a part of the Great Commission. And we're going to get this again. But Mark 16, 18 says this, as Jesus given the Great Commission, he says, and they, rather, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now, here's, the, here's what the Lord is prophesying or declaring uh, that will happen uh, through the born-again believer. Are you hearing? It says, and they say me, if you are a born-again believer, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you can put your name here. Where it says they, you can put your name. And Linda shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover, and they shall recover, the sick shall recover. Isn't that wonderful? You can put your name there. Now, if you say that you cannot do it, but Jesus said that you will do it, somebody's telling a lie. My money is not that it's not on God. Are you hearing? So Jesus said you're going to do this. Now, remember, faith or rather miracles work by faith. Primarily miracles will work by faith. Now, there are some times when you will be in an atmosphere of miracles when you do absolutely nothing and God is moving by his spirit in a sovereign matter, sovereign manner. He's just healing and touching because his presence is there. And out of his great love for you, there are great manifestations. 
Now, you and I can't control that. That's him. He's doing the work. He's doing that. Amen. But then there are other times when God will partner with us. We'll partner with him in the working of miracles. In the working of miracles, this working of miracles will require faith. Faith on the part of the one who is um, seeking God for the miracle or the vessel, the vessel that is actually laying the hands and faith on the other side uh, where the person is actually receiving the miracle. You'll find in several times in the word of God where the Lord Jesus says, um, thy faith hath saved thee, thy faith hath healed thee, go in peace. They brought faith with them and they connected their faith to God's faith, to the Lord Jesus' faith. And what happened? A transaction took place. Power was released. Okay. Uh, many times we have a short circuit in the working of miracles when only one person is carrying the faith. We go up to the man of God or go up to a believer. Now, let, let, let me do a switch because hear this. Gone are the days, I've said this before, gone are the days of superstar preacher. When we expect the pastor, the preacher to do all the work and we do absolutely nothing. This is not a witch doctor type of culture. When the whole village brings the sick to the witch doctor, he'll whip him up and send you away. No, God said this to every born again believer. He gives you the ability through his spirit uh, to impart miracles. Now, there can be a faith break, a, a, a breakdown in miracles or we say a short circuit when the one that is the vessel that is used to perform miracle, when that vessel is in faith, but the one that is coming to receive is in doubt. There comes a faith breakdown. And many times nothing happens. But when the one is coming with faith, you say, I believe I submit myself to the miracle working power of God. Lord, I believe that you have the ability to do this. And I say, be it unto me. When that person comes in faith and the other person prays with faith or prays in faith, then we have a connection. I told you last time that many times I prayed with individuals and I prayed by faith and I believe God for the miracle. And we said, amen. And after that, they said, well, I hope it works out. Now, in that instance, hope is the badge of doubt. You say, I don't know if it's really so or not. So I hope it, I hope God will do it. I hope. What do you mean? I just stood up here and I just prayed with you. I just sought God for you. And you came back with, I hope it's going to work. Okay, so there was a uh, there was not an appointment where the two ends met. There was a disappointment. Disappointment that happened. There are a lot of disappointments because our faith is not working together. Are you hearing? So, again, when you're praying with an individual, when you go forth and you pray with them, when you step out on a limb. You say they say, well, I'm I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. It could be someone at the um, somewhere anywhere. Not not just not just here in the building, not just here in church. I want to take this out of the confines of the church and let you see this work in real life out there. 
Your grandchild, your child, or, or someone in the mall, someone somewhere. I pray with people in the restaurants. We pray people in at waiter, waiters and waitresses. Oh, I'm not feeling well. Or in the cookie aisle at Walmart. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm not feeling well. You see them in pain. Will you say, well, do you mind if I pray with you in the name of Jesus? I haven't I've rarely encountered people that but that refuse prayer. They want somebody to pray with them. They need that connection with God. And so I pray. Can I pray with you? They say yes. Well, then I pray in faith and believe in Jesus mighty name. And the Lord, many times, there is a healing connection there. They receive healing at that moment. Are you hearing? Now, here again, uh, miracles can work because this is, this is not a Coke machine we're talking about. This is not a slot machine. Uh, you're not gonna just going to put something in and there's no formula because God is the one behind the miracles. Because people can receive a miracle with uh, with the one with the vessel being in unbelief and the person coming in unbelief and God can still manifest a miracle. Okay, but that is more the exception and not the rule. Does that make sense to you? All right. So as we're in this series of the working of miracles, if you will allow God to use you, that is, you have to step out on a limb. You're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to be brave and say, hey, can I pray with you? You see them in God's going to show you people in distress and you're going to have to be bold. You're going to have to be brave. And open your mouth and say and ask. OK, what I would love to hear is that during testimony time, and I believe this will take place, that during testimony time, many of you will come up and say, I prayed with so and so this week and they received a miracle. I prayed and so-and-so gave their lives to Jesus. I am thankful to hear that. I'm thankful to hear that you got a new car. I'm thankful to hear that you got a new house. I'm thankful to hear all these other stuff testimonies. I'm thankful for it. I like stuff. There's nothing wrong with stuff. Courtney, there's nothing wrong with stuff. But when stuff has us, we have a problem. But the more valuable testimony is, I performed or rather I did what Jesus said do and here are the results and I'm testifying that this works that is the more valuable testimony to me are you hearing did that make sense to you all right y'all with me today now don't make me work hard pray praise the Lord thank you Gene Gene's right with me the working of miracles will require faith but here's the deal Faith also works by love. If we would say, here's the machine here in front of us, this is the machine, and it is love that is the batteries that are powering that machine. Faith works by love, or or love powers faith. Go with me if you want to, or you can listen to this or write it down. Galatians 5 Verse six. Now we're going to be doing a little bit of reading today. So I pray that you hear me. Uh, Galatians five, verse number six. Just one verse. And then we're going to go a whole lot of other places because I want you to see how faith relates to love and how love relates to faith and how faith and love relate to miracles. I'm not telling you things that are fairy tales. I'm telling you that this 
or let me say it this way, God is preparing you to operate in the end times. And if it is so, I'm not saying it so, I'm not prophesying that it be so, but I'm saying that we are being prepared, if it is God's will, to even be able to function uh, in a society where there are no doctors readily available, no medications readily available. If the Antichrist is to sing and you cannot buy or sell unless you have his mark. And if Jesus says, well, it's not time, I'm not coming just yet. If it is his, if it is the choice of God, the father for the church to go through the tribulation period and come out on the other end, if it is his will, then you and I won't be able to go to the doctor. You won't be able to get your drugs. Are you hearing me? You're going to need to know how to reach into the supernatural, how to reach into the invisible and pull out something tangible. Are you hearing? This is what we're preparing for. Hallelujah. So if the Lord tarries and stuff continues to get worse and the mark of the beast and all that come because things are already in place for it. They're already in place for it right now. If the Lord tarries and we have to go through that period, you're going to need to know how to survive, but not only survive, but thrive. There may be a time where people would say, so-and-so is sick. Let's go find ourselves a Christ, a Christian. The true definition of Christian, someone that is like Jesus, that can go and take care of this problem. I didn't say let's go find ourselves a hypocrite. Let's go find ourselves someone that is carrying the power and the presence of God. Why can't that be you? Amen. All right. So uh, Galatians, Galatians five and six. So here we are. We're in our training session here preparing you and you've got to prove your weapons now in times of peace. Relative times of peace. Prove your weapons now. David has to prove his he had to prove his sling and his and his stone and all that on the backside of the mountain while he was fighting the bear and the lion. Then one day it was time to fight Goliath. He'd already proved his weapons. He already knew how to hear from God, already knew how to operate in his anointing, already knew it. God just changed the stage. Are you hearing what's done in darkness will come to light. And that's not only talking about bad things. What's done in darkness, your time in prayer, your time in fasting, your time seeking the face of God. That time will show up in the light with great power and great authority and great victory. Are you hearing? All right. So Galatians 5, 6 says this. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision uh, availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by what? Love. But faith that worketh by love. Say with me. Faith works by love. Faith works by love. 
All right. Now, many times, and I'm just going to run through these and you can uh, write them down uh, and read them later. Matthew 14, 14 says this. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Moved with compassion and he healed their sick. Uh, how about uh, Matthew 15:32? This is how it reads. Matthew 15, 32. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. He was moved with compassion. He had compassion and miracles is about to take place. Uh, even uh, we can look at Matthew, uh, Matthew 18 and 2. And it says, uh, the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave the debt. Another parable that the Lord Jesus gave. Moved with compassion. And I love um, also Matthew 20, verse 34. It says this. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Compassion. What's compassion? Compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another. I feel for you. I feel for you. I ache for you. Not just I can walk by you and see you in your your misery and it does nothing for me. I feel for you. It's a it's a, a feeling of deep sympathy or sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate that suffering. I see you suffering and I really want to help you. The Lord saw them suffering and he really wanted to help them. This is what compassion is. And it is compassion. Compassion is love. And it is that compassion that moves us toward the miracles. You see someone sick, they're in, the, they're in the emergency room, you see them weeping, you see them crying, you see that one uh, in the hospital bed as you're walking by the rooms, you see them and your heart goes out to them, you move with compassion. Love motivates or fuels your faith to produce the miracle. Does that make sense to you? Listen, you're going to find it difficult to pray for or even to reach out and heal someone without love in your heart for them. You're going to have to feel what they're going through. All right. Now, let me tell you about uh, these two commands. So we've already talked about one in, in, in Matthew 10, uh, verses 7 through 8. This is what it says here. The Lord says in Great Commission, Go ye, rather, and as you go, preach, um, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In verse 8, heal the sick. Cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Let me say this again. Verse 8, it says, heal the sick. Here's Jesus talking to, this, talking to his disciples, to his followers. Do I have anyone today that would say that I am a follower of Jesus? Amen. All right, have a few people that claim to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is what he's saying, doing. This is one of his commandments. Go forth, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Heal the sick, 
Cleanse the leopards, raise the dead, cast out devils. Now, because so many have, have not seen results, we've actually changed this verse. We've actually thought it should have read, go forth and pray for the sick. Pray for the leopards. Pray that the dead are raised. Pray that demons are cast out. But the Lord said, he didn't say pray for them, he said heal them. Which means the power of God has to be, has to be internal. What is in you must come upon you to heal. Does that make sense? He told you to heal them. Now that seems far-fetched, doesn't it? He says to you and I, heal the sick. Which means that you would have to have some sort of divine power or substance on the inside of you to fulfill this commandment. Why would Jesus tell you to do something that he knew you couldn't do? That would instantly be known as sin. When Jesus asks you or tells you or commands you to do something, he also gives you the ability to do that. Let's look at Mark, Mark 16 one more time. Mark 16, uh, verse um, 15 through 18, and this is what it says. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. I love that. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall uh, take up serpents. And if, they sh- and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Then the very last thing is this. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. They shall place their hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Who is he talking to? He's talking to his disciples, his followers. What you and I have to do is lay hold to that promise and said, yes, it's mine. He's talking about me. There are so many strange diseases that are cropping up now. Seems like every other day there's another disease, another flesh eating bacteria. There are so many diseases that scientists say we cannot cure. We don't know. Some they say we can treat, but that's about it. We can try to improve your quality of life, but that's pretty much it for you. So many times when Jesus has already given the answer in the earth. But unfortunately, many of us are that have the answer won't say anything. Are you hearing me? Tell your neighbor, you've got to say. You cannot worry about embarrassment or somebody not somebody. um, They won't be your friend anymore and all this and that. You've going to have to open your mouth and say. If you mentioning the name of Jesus causes you that friend, then they were never your friend in the first place. Are you hearing? Let's go on just a little bit further today. Now, we're going to exemplify the nature of Christ. That's what God's called you to do. He's called you to be like Christ. He's called you to be, be like Jesus. We're going to exemplify his nature uh, in morality. That is, we're going to be holy. We're going to walk in holiness. We're also going to walk in power and authority. 
And we're also going to walk in his love. That is, here again, we're going to walk in his morality. That is his holiness, his power and authority. And we're going to walk in his love. Are y'all with me today? This is the nature. This is the nature of Christ. When people say you need to be more like Jesus, this is what this is what actually biblically is, is meant. That you're going to live a, a holy life. Now, of course, now all this is through the spirit of God. It cannot be through your flesh. OK, because the flesh, we have a problem. When people say when people say um, or when they get to the point that they can brag about how holy they are. Here comes that nasty pride coming in. Here comes that greater than I'm greater than you. Here comes I'm holier than thou. And that's a stench in the nostrils of God. If you have attained a level where you can walk this life sinless. That should give you a greater love for the sinner. But if it produces in you. A source, a, a sense of pride, false pride and all this and, and arrogance. Then you're walking like a Pharisee and a, and, a, and a scribe. You're walking like them. You're walking like the religious. Are you hearing? That is our goal to live a sinless life. That is my goal to live a sinless life. Not one thing, not even sinning in thought. Not even in, not even in thought. But that's only possible through the Holy Spirit of God. It's not possible with flesh. Because I tell you, brothers, you'll see another another short skirt walking by. (laughs) Are you hearing? There's something that can turn your head. It may not be a short skirt. It, sisters, it may be a, uh, I don't know, six pack abs or something. <laughs> I don't know what floats your boats. Maybe a full wallet of money. I don't know. I don't know what would turn your head. I don't know what, what would cause you or to, to cause you to initiate sin. But I'm telling you that we can rise to the point in Christ where we are sinless, living a holy life. And that holy life is marked by love. Are you hearing? Now, let's talk about love for a moment as we are going further. Y'all stay with me today. I need to I need to feel you. It's like I want to feel you there with me. Gene is here with me. I say your name, Gene, in almost every message. I need to find somebody else. Paul is with me today. Praise God. Ricky's here with me today. Praise God. Scott's here with me today. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's go on. Right. Now, let's go to Mark. I'll, I'll give you time to get this. Mark 12. Mark 12, uh, verses 28 through 31. We'll look at this. And we'll also look at um, John 13. Mark 12 and John 13. I want you to get this. Here again, faith works by love. The greater your love, the greater the faith that you will walk in. Greater the love, the greater the faith you walk in. The greater the faith, the greater the miracles that you will, that that God can use you to perform. Greater the love, greater the faith, greater the miracles. Say it with me. Greater the love, greater the the faith, 
the greater the miracles. Okay. All right. Now let's look at this. Uh, Mark 12, verses 28 through 31. It says this. One of the teachers of religious law. Oh, yes, I'm reading this to you, this particular passage of the New Living Translation. It says one of the teachers of the law, or rather one of the teachers of religious law uh, was standing there listening to the debate. He he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love your you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equal is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So the great commandment is love, isn't it? Now, uh, John 13, John 13, verses 30, verse 34 and 35. This is what this reads. Now, he gave that commandment, obviously, out of the Old Testament. Now he's giving a new commandment. Say new commandment. John 13, verses 34 and 35. This is this new commandment. Jesus said, John 13, verses 34 through 35. He says a new commandment of, of this side of the King James Version as well. He said a new commandment I give, I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. That ye love, that ye also love one another. Verse 35, we're going to be taking the, the majority of our time that we have left here circling around this particular verse. And you need to hear this. He says, by this, say by this, shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one to another. All right. He said, by love, people are going to recognize that you belong to Jesus. Now, what does love look like? Because to different people, love looks different. What does love look like in the Bible? Are you hearing? For that, we can go to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13, you can listen or flip if you want to. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. This is what, when the Lord talks about love, this is what he expects you and I to do. All right? Looking at this thing biblically, because love looks different for a lot of people, depending on their backgrounds. Some people think it's love when they hit you. They think that they're showing love when they strike you. They think they, that they're showing love when they're getting, when they're cursing you out. I'm just trying to show the boy some love. I'm not sure what you're trying to do. So there are different ways that man, fallen man tries to express love. Some try to express love physically. But this is what the Bible says about love. Now, let's look at the let's look what happens here. It says this is uh, first Corinthians 13 verses four through eight. Listen to how it reads. Verse four says love is patient and kind. This is also also at the New Living Translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous uh, or boastful or proud or rude. 
It does not demand its own way. Boy, y'all quiet. <laughs> it is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always, or rather, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Verse 8, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. So when he talks about, he said, loving one another, this is what he expects. He expects us to keep no records of wrong. He expects us not to be irritable. He expects us not to be rude and jealous and boastful. So when he talks about loving each other as he has loved us, this is what he's talking about. Hallelujah. But between that Bible verse, we see that picture of the verse, and we see another picture of today's modern day church, and they're two different pictures. There's a breakdown. There's a breakdown in the love picture. Y'all hang with me, okay? There's a breakdown in the, in the love picture, or the picture of love in the family of God. There's a breakdown. And the question is, what happens when the church ceases to walk in love with each other? What happens when we cease uh, to walk in love when we are rude to one another? What happens when we are irritable with one another? What happens when we are jealous and boastful and proud? What happens when that takes place? Well, uh, I'm so glad that you asked that question. Go with me very quickly to, again, let's go to John 13. Some of you already were there. John 13, verse 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So when love breaks down, the world will no longer know or recognize or understand or perceive or have knowledge of the fact that you belong to Jesus or that you are a follower of Jesus. Think about that for a moment. The Lord said, you'll, you'll know them by their love one for another. Now I need to, let me get some demonstrators right quick for me. Let me get two people to come up here to help me. All right, good. Scott and Jean, come on up. Thank you for volunteering. I need you both to come on and stand right up here with me. I'm going to make you famous. <laughs> All right. Now, for a moment, just face the audience there. For the moment, for the moment, I will be the world. Okay? For the moment, I will play the world. For the moment, I will play someone who does not know Jesus. Jesus said, I will recognize his followers. I will recognize his disciples. I will recognize or perceive those that belong to Jesus by the way they love each other. Yes. 
in a brotherly love Jesus way. <laughs> By the way, they get along in Christ as they love each other the way Christ has loved them. Now, if they are fighting, don't don't really fight, but If they're fighting amongst each other, what happens? I no longer see Christ there. I no longer recognize that they belong to Jesus. As long as they're loving each other, the church loving each other the way Christ loved them, I have supernatural vision. I, the world, the unbeliever, see, hey, these are followers of Jesus. But when they fight come to blows when they talk about each other when they talk about each other when they're rude to each other when they're proud when they're jealous of each other I no longer my vision of them following Christ is now blocked their witness has been destroyed or obscured because of how they treat each other Thank you. Give them a hand. Amen. Give them a hand. Very good, gentlemen. (laughs) So let me make this clear as we as we begin to close. Let me make this very clear. Jesus said that the world would recognize we would know the word. No means to recognize. It means to understand or perceive. Jesus said the world would perceive or know or recognize that we are his followers by the way we treat each other. I can't get no talk. So, now, understand how powerful this is because he did not say, the world will know that you are mine because of the miracles you perform. He did not say the world will know you are mine because of the way you pray. He does not say that, that the world will know that you are mine because you know how to speak in tongues. He did not say that the world would know that you are mine because you you have the special Christian lingo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed, you know, that secret Christian language. Because we speak Christianese, you know, all the catchphrases. He did not say the world would know that you belong to him because of your Bible toting or your scripture quoting. He did not say that the world would know that you belong to Jesus because you have a Christian T-shirt. Or because you go to a big church. He did not say that the world would know you because you feed the hungry. Or because you give to the man who rings the bell at Christmas time at the mall. Your charitable giving would not let them know that you belong to Jesus. It's not about uh, they won't even know that you are truly with Jesus because you wear a cross around your neck or around your ears or on your finger or even if you have it tattooed on your body. I belong to Jesus. He said there's one way that the world would know that you belong to Jesus. And that's how you treat one another. This is why the devil loves to bring gossip up in church. This is why he loves to make you offended. This is why, because he's trying to destroy your witness. You can go out on the streets all you want to talk to the center man on the corner. Tell him all about Jesus. He'll look at you funny if you don't relate to the body 
correctly. There's a supernatural covering. There's a supernatural covering that comes around you when you relate to each other in love. It lets that man know way over yonder that you really belong to Jesus. You carry it with you, even though you're not in the fellowship, even though you're not around other believers at that particular moment. You carry a covering with you. You carrying you carry an identifying mark upon you that lets that sinner man, that sinner woman know you belong to Jesus. So as the devil comes in and tries to invade the fellowship and and people not even talking to one another on other on this side of the room, I'm like, I don't talk to her, I don't talk to her, I don't talk to her. She took my, uh, you know, she took my parking space. I don't want to talk to her, I don't want to talk to her. Why did she get up there to do announcements and not me? I don't want to. Okay, what's happening? The enemy is invading, trying to drive wedges in. When we are rude, when we are irritable, when we are jealous and and envious and boastful and proud to one another. He's driving in a wedge right through, which will blind the ungodly, which will cause them to see or not to see that you are with Jesus. He's trying to hurt, hinder or destroy your witness. So when you relate to other believers when you, if, if someone, if you or someone around you, you are rude or irritable with people, you're snatching. Hmm, 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 hmm. Hmm, You're doing this to another believer? What's happening? You're losing your mark. Come on back up here, Gene, for a second. Praise the Lord. Come on back up here, Scott, for a second. Praise the Lord. I need I want to make this very clear to you. Praise the Lord. Let's say I need no, I need one other person too. Good, Mr. Stigall, come on up. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's see here. All right. Gene uh, will be the church. Just wear this right there. All right. Scott, you come on this side. He's coming on sound, right? Good. Uh, brother, you will be the world. Okay? As long as Scott and Gene are getting along. All right. They're getting along. They're dwelling in love. Gene goes out to the world and he finds somebody who doesn't know Jesus. He can look at Gene. This is something that is invisible, something that he wears. He can see, hey, you belong to Jesus. He may not be able, he may not even know how he knows. The sinner man may not know, not you, brother, but you know what I'm saying. You, you're playing the sinner man. He may not know how he knows, but he knows that this man is a disciple, a follower of Christ. All right, hold that picture. But if they are fighting, if they're fighting in the church, Gene is fighting with Scott, they're both believers, and they're fighting, what happens? <laughs> that comes off. The witness comes off. Gene goes back out to find somebody that doesn't know the Lord. Now there is no witness. Oh. <laughs> Gene can say all the, all the 
all the correct Christianese he wants to, all the correct language, you know, uh, you know, Jesus loves you, come in church. Da, da, da. But the man on the street knows there's still something false. There's something wrong. You're saying all the right words. You got a big cross. Look at Jane's big old cross. He's saying all the right words, but he knows he doesn't perceive it. He doesn't know it. Why? Because of the fellowship with his brother has been lost. Does that make sense? Give them another hand. Hallelujah. Here you go, Gene. You wear that back to your seat. Oh, you hold it, hold it, hold it for a little while, Gene. See, he's trying to give it back. Don't give back your witness, Gene. So here again, I want you to understand this warning. The enemy plans to disassociate. His plan is to disassociate you with Christ. He wants to destroy your witness. And we think that it's sin that destroys our witness. I can't tell them about Jesus because I got sin. No, no, you're missing the point altogether. Jesus said, by this you'll know, by this the world would know that you are his, that you're his disciple, by how you treat each other. Now, we're a local body of believers here. So look around this room right now. Look around the room. How have you treated them? Yes, the altars are beginning to fill up. <laughs> How have you treated them? There are more believers than just in this local fellowship. There are believers out there as well. How have you treated them? By your answer there, if you treat them with love, then when you go to the sinner man, you go to one who does not know Christ, then they recognize that you are with Jesus. Now, there's another implication that I'm going to have to close. There's another implication. Not only will the sinner man know that you're with, you, you with Christ, the devil will also know you with Christ. So people can try to be phony, try to be phony, but the devil say, you ain't fooling me. You don't have the mark on you. You don't know Jesus. You're out of fellowship with his body. And so you go to try to take authority over something and you get short circuited. Wondering why you can't make this mountain move. You've lost your mark. For some reason, it is easier. It becomes easier for somebody to treat easier for those who have been in the Lord for a while. We bind that and cast it down. It becomes easier for them to love somebody who seems to be desperate and without God than it is for the love of the person across the aisle. Can we get a little bit stronger before we close out? We got your attention now. First Peter 2.17 says this, respect one another and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. 
Jesus tells you, respect one another. Love the family of God. Listen to Galatians 6.10. It says, as, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. I love this next part. Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Do good to everybody, but especially your brother and sister in the Lord. But apparently sometime, Cynthia, sometime we have that reversed. We'll do better for them instead of doing better for those that are in the house of God. Let's look at let's look at two more. First uh, John four, verse 20 through 21, a New Living Translation. First John four, verse 20. It says this. If someone says, I love God. OK, let's say it all together. Let's say it. Let's say it. I love God. Oh, isn't that wonderful? What a true Christian confession. You love God. Oh, wonderful. Let's listen. If someone says, I love God, but hates his fellow believer, that person is a liar. Wow. If someone says, I love God, I love Jesus, but hates your fellow believer, you are a liar. He said, for if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this commandment. Those who love God must also love his fellow believer. I love the way it puts it right in your face, doesn't it? Let's look at what last one. First John three verses 14 through 18. First John three verses 14 through 18. Listen to how this reads out of New Living Translation as well. It says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. I just love the Bible. Anyone who hates another brother or sister, look around the room. Anyone who hates his brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Verse 16, we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Verse 18, dear children, let not let's not merely say that we love each other. Let um, let us show the truth by our actions. Let's show it by our actions. We want to work miracles. Yes, we're going to change the world. Yes. But it first starts with how you love God and love one another as Jesus has loved you. Jesus is watching. How you interact with each other, he's watching. The way you interact with each other, the world watches. 
how you interact with each other, the devils watch. The enemy knows that if the church comes together in love, there is no power in hell that can stop you. No power in hell that can stop you. But if he can keep up a lot of mess in the fellowship, oh, he rejoices because you've just lost your power. I pray you've heard the word of God today. Let's give God a mighty hand of praise. We're done. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Give God a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Now it's time for us to pray and to repent. To get all of this stuff washed away. Now, Gene, come on, bring that back to me. It's time to restore the image. It's time to restore the image. It's time to restore the mark that was once on you, but has fallen away. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you, and we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.